श्रीला गुरुदेव की जय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जय श्री गिरिराज महाराज की जय श्री श्री जगन्नाथ बलादेव शिवादरी की जय श्री गुंदीचा मार्जनम की जय गौर भक्तवृंद की जय गौर प्रमान Good evening to all of you. Welcome, Pranam. And <clears throat> we are continuing with with our series of lectures in connection to Sri Chaitanya Dev's visit, or more than visit, staying at Jagannath Puri. Mm -hmm. We have started some days ago with Mahaprabhu's arrival to Puri, mm -hmm. then with his journey to South India, then with his return to Puri. Mm -hmm. And now we're getting closer and closer uh, to the Rathiyatra, which will be celebrated tomorrow. So one day before the Rathiyatra, there's another very important celebration that is today, called Gundicha Marjan, or Gundicha Marjan Lila, which means the pastime, or the play, the game, Lila, where Gundicha is being Marjanam. Marjanam means... Yeah, cleanse. The cleansing of, of Sri Gundicha. So a brief recap of what we saw two days back, because yesterday we didn't have our normal series, we were, since we were speaking about Sri Gadadhar Pandit's appearance day, and Sri Thakur Bhaktivinoda's appearance day in the morning. But the day before yesterday, we were speaking about how Mahaprabhu returned to Puri. And... Just to recall for a minute, remember he went to the south with one assistant called Kala Krishnadas, but he became somehow distracted. And when Jay returned to Puri Mahaprabhu, apparently act like totally rejecting him. But through Nityananda Prabhu, Mahaprabhu kept giving his grace to him. And Krishnadas was engaged in going to Nadia, Navadvip, and giving the news to everyone, single inhabitant there, Mahaprabhu has returned to Puri. Knocking door by door, assuring the how is in English the good tidings <laughs> of Mahaprabhu's return after two years of being outside of Puri and of being far from everyone in Bengal. So in one moment, this Kala Krishna Das, who was apparently totally rejected by Mahaprabhu, immediately he became the the, the most dear person for every inhabitant in Navadvip in that moment when he was given such good news. And so. As we said, mysterious are, are the ways of the Lord, and how He bestows His grace, when apparently He's rejecting, very probably He's accepting you. We know Krishna likes a lot, Parokshaba, He says, Paroksham Mamachapriyam, I love indirect language. So when I say something, it means something else. <laughs> and also, of course, the main character of, of, of our last meeting connecting to this series was Prataparudra Maharaj, remember, the king of Puri, who was not only the king of Puri, but above that, a great devotee. And he had never met Mahaprabhu, because Mahaprabhu came, transformed the whole city of Puri, and then left for South India after a few weeks. And the king was outside of Puri. When he returned to Puri, he found his whole kingdom was totally mad for love of God. He asked who was the cause of this. Mm -hmm. Sri Chaitanya, Sri Krishna Chaitanya. So that sound 
remain with him for two years. <laughs> Sri Krishna Chaitanya, Sri Krishna Chaitanya. But he never met Mahaprabhu. So finally Mahaprabhu returns from South India and he asks, can I meet Mahaprabhu? But he says, no, he cannot. He's a king. He's a very embodiment of um, mundanity, materialism, and I'm a sannyasi. I cannot be in interview with the king. So in this way, he's not rejecting the king. Again, it seems he's rejecting, but he's churning his heart more and more by saying no. And the king, when he hears this no, the yes in him starts to burn even more. Also, in different cases, the devotees try to speak nicely about the king to Mahaprabhu, so Mahaprabhu is more and more inclined to see him. If you stop, if you continue speaking about this, I will leave Jagannath Puri altogether. He say. So everyone will like, okay, we won't insist more because we don't want him to leave. But at the same time, Mahaprabhu's heart is more and more inclined to see Pratapurudra Maharaj. Well, at this point, thinking, if I cannot see my Prabhu, I will leave my kingdom and I will become a mendicant. And I will just wander into the forest, leaving all behind. And maybe live my life altogether. So eventually, again, by the influences Nityananda Prabhu, the idea comes, Mahaprabhu can send the king a piece of his cloth, so the king receives that and starts to worship that as if it were deity, Mahaprabhu himself. And eventually, another step in the union is, Mahaprabhu will say, okay, I cannot see the king, but bring the king's son to me, the prince. So he's a boy, and he comes dressed as a prince, and, Krishna, and Mahaprabhu and Bhav says, the boy reminds him of Krishna. He immediately embraced him in Radhabhav. So he says, come every day to the boy. <laughs> and the boy then comes back home totally transformed by Mahaprabhu's embrace. And when Prataparudra Maharaj embraces his son, he becomes electrified by Mahaprabhu's embrace to his son. And that's what we call parampara. No? <laughs> we receive the embrace of Sri Guru, no, not necessarily in a physical sense, but in a substantial sense. And then that embrace that came to us we can extend that to others and so on. This is a living, descending current. Hmm? But still, Prataparudra Maharaj had not officially met Mahaprabhu yet. And this won't happen today either. <laughs> but wait for one more day. Tomorrow, Rathayatra will be the great day. Remember, Sarvabhoma gave some advice to the king. During Rathayatra, Mahaprabhu will faint in ecstasy in this Jagannath Balab garden and you get close to him, dress as a Vaishnav, sing this particular song of the Gopi Gita and he will embrace you. <laughs> so we are waiting along with Prataparudra Mara for tomorrow for that to happen. And basically the last part we saw today's bag was that along with all this, a group, big group of 200 devotees from Bengal was arriving to Puri. Again, Karl Krishnadas went to Nadia to tell the news, Mahaprabhu is back from his South Indian journey. So all of them decided, let's go to Puri. Mahathiyatra is coming. And from this year, the standard starts to be there. Every year, all the devotees from Bengal and other close villages will go to Puri for Chaturmasya, for months, and including festivals like Rathiyatra and so on. So basically, that's what we saw um, two days back, along with the Beta Kirtan of Mahaprabhu, and he executed Kirtan with four groups, and at one point he performed the miracle himself, appearing in each one of these four groups, dancing with them, and so on. And again, Prataparudra Maharaj hearing about all this, but not being able to, to join. So again, his longing becomes deeper and deeper and deeper. 
So tomorrow we will see what happens between Maharaj Pataparudra and Sri Chaitanya Dev. So Rathiyatra is getting closer and closer and a crucial in-between chapter is what we call Gundicha Marjan Mandila. So we are celebrating that today, which has to do with the cleansing of the temple of Gundicha. So for those of you who have been in Jagannath Puri, the city, the whole city is interestingly designed like around, orbiting around the temple of Sri Jagannath. The temple of Sri Jagannath is like the main, I mean, the, the center of the whole city. And there is like a main road, a long one and, and wide one, from, from Jagannath Mandir, or Sri Mandir called sometimes, to the end of the road, where you will find another temple there called Gundich. <laughs> yeah. So Rathiyatra implies basically Jagannath Baladev Subhadra moving from one temple to the other, with certain, of course, meaning. We will speak about that tomorrow. Hmm? But today, one day like today, some 500 years back or more, Mahaprabhu approaches Kasimisra, hmm? who was also a big influential person there in Puri, hmm? also the, the temple president of Jagannath Mandir, as well as Sarbhavoma Bhattacharya, this elder venerated by Mahaprabhu, and ask them, tomorrow is Rathi Yatra, so today we want to, I'm begging your permission for us to clean the temple of Gundicha. This was not a tradition before, before Mahaprabhu. It was, Mahaprabhu came with, with, with a particular conception as we were speaking the other day. Many people before worshipped Jagannath in Puri, but with very different ideas in mind. The followers of Sankaracharya, Worship, worship Jagannath with a monistic conception. The Buddhists even worship Jagannath with a nihilistic conception, proper of their tradition. And some other Vaishnavas from other sampradayas worship Jagannath with their own unique, unique conception attached to their ideal, by, towards Vaikuntha, whatever. But Mahaprabhu, and therefore the Gaudiya Sampradaya, presents a unique conception of Jagannath. Again, tomorrow we'll be speaking more about that. I'm just giving the trailer. You have to be there tomorrow. I'm just making sure that all of you will be there tomorrow. <laughs> I'm buying my audience here. <laughs> but the point is that before Mahaprabhu, there was no tradition of Gundicha Marjan, of cleaning the temple. Of, I mean, they were cleaning the temple as they clean any temple, but not like cleaning in it with a particular idea in mind before the day of Rathiyatra with as we will see such intensity in such a comprehensive way and with some idea in mind. Today we will try to unpack what's the meaning for us Godias of cleaning the temple of Gundicha. What does it mean Gundicha? And naturally when we say what does it mean Gundicha, we start to see what does it mean Rathiyatra. Because one thing is connected to the other. So it is said that Mahaprabhu asked for this permission yesterday, if you will, the day before Gundicha Marjan Lila, and a day like today, he received the permission, of course, so he went with all his associates. His devotees, remember, 200 devotees just arrived from Bengal and other places, plus so many devotees in Jagannath Puri joining him. He himself being the first one taking the, how do you call broom? He asked for one broom, one broom per capita, you say in English, per capita, for each devotee, and so on. Hmm? And some houses? Mapan? No, what is Mop. Yeah. Mop. Huh? <laughs> so, huh? 
So it is said that before starting the cleansing, and, and, and here starts to unfold the real meaning of the, of the whole thing, Mahaprabhu started to decorate all of his devotees. He put garlands to each of them, and he put sandalwood paste on their foreheads. And you may wonder, I mean, we are about to clean a temple, and clean it really deeply means we will end up being like a disaster, basically, full of dust, and like... Mahaprabhu is decorating us before that. Yeah. It's like, so what, what's behind this? From the, from the very first moment, Mahaprabhu is putting in context the whole thing. What we are about to do is something glorious. So you are to be engarlanded, engar whatever. Garlanded, thank And decorated, ornamented. Because as we will see, now I just mentioned briefly, this cleaning of Gundicha temple means the cleaning of our own hearts. And preparing our hearts to be a fit place to invite Bhagavan to reside there forever. Mm -hmm. What we call sometimes an art and ibriti also. We could we could take it in that time, in that form. No? The, the, side, the part of our bhakti, the bhajan kriya, which has to do with the cleansing of the heart. But not the cleansing for cleansing's sake. Just, what are you cleaning? No, because cleaning. Because I like cleaning. No, I'm making the place ready for something else, something above the cleaning something that will happen once the cleaningness is there so we were speaking today in the morning no mirella was asking about how to deal with uh, which is something that of course concerns most of us in practice how to deal with some lack of stability in our practice we will like stability but sometimes we find ourselves in some ups and downs and this has to do with the the motions of of this stage of bhakti called Anishtita Bhajana Kriya, which we have still to clean our heart, and those ups and downs have happened because of that. There are still some anarthas, some misplaced values that make us like oscillate in this way. But we say that's glorious. I mean, we are doing that, we call embarrassing thing in the context of bhakti. So that's a glorious embarrassment, if you will. <laughs> And that's why Mahaprabhu is garlanding everyone. You will be full of dust, but don't think this is embarrassing. You will find your own dust coming out. Like imagine you clean a place that is full of dust. I give you the broom, and you, and I say I never cleansed this, cleaned this, cleaned, cleaned. What's the pastor clean? Cleaned this place for twenty years. Try to imagine. It's, the, the, the dust is so much. How do you say? Like ingrained. That it seems there is no dust. <laughs> it seems all oh, everything is. I mean, I, there's no need to clean. Everything nice. Everything is gray. No, not gray. And everything great maybe. But everything is gray. You paint everything gray, but it doesn't seem to be any dust. But when you do like your first, the first broom, <laughs> you have Abhishek. <laughs> Immediately, Abhishek of dust. I just say, oh my God, this is a disaster now. Now, now I'm worse than when I before I started. <laughs> you may get this conclusion, right? Mm -hmm. Before I started, I was like, nice, clean, but the dust was there, and you are not acknowledging that. Now you have acknowledged that you are realizing that, but you are a mess. <laughs> but it's a glorious mess because it's in the process of cleaning, as as, they, as the saying says, you cannot call dirty someone who is taking a bath. The person may be still dusty, but he's taking a bath. 
So we are to judge the person according to his ideal, if you will, to his future, which is he will be clean in some minutes. He's not dusty. Still is dusty, but in a few minutes he will be like crystal, crystal clear. <laughs> so, so in the same way, this cleaning of the heart, in the beginning may be a little bit embarrassing, or we may feel discouraged, or too much dust, I'm a mess. <laughs> but you don't have to... You don't have to forget the bigger picture, which is which type of broom I'm using, which type of cleaning I'm engaging in. And Mahaprabhu himself put his garland on me. He's blessing me to engage in that. He put sandalwood paste, like ornamenting me, saying, you are so beautiful. And we will see now, when Mahaprabhu engages in that, and he's dusty, Krishna Kavira said he was especially beautiful in that moment. That dust made him especially because. The implications of that dust. Of course, he has no dust in himself to take out of his heart, but the symbology is there. So again, if we are cleaning this room that was not cleansed for 20 years, and by saying 20 years, I'm being generous, because in our case, maybe we have not cleansed our heart for millions of lifetimes. <laughs> so you can imagine how much the dust is has have merged with the room, if you will. <laughs> They're almost one. It's not just one one broom like this. You need to take so many tools and try to, oh, whatever. <laughs> one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the possible tools and sword and something and take the dust out. <laughs> but once the, the dust is over and you see all the room in its own original, if you will, colors and put, you say, oh, all that was worthy. All these problems, oh my God, that now it's worthy. All this embarrassment, all the mess. You are still a mess, but you are with a big smile looking, oh, that's great. <laughs> so, in brief words, this has to do with today's celebration from Dicha March. And I'm just giving, in the, at the end we will continue speaking about this, but I want to put this in context, because now we will describe how Mahaprabhu was cleaning the temple, and you might think just, they were obses obsession with cleanliness, external cleanliness, but no, it has to do with, with this. Mahaprabhu, again, from the very first moment, he puts this in context. Cleaning your heart, no matter how messy and embarrassing may be, if you are doing that by the blessings of Guru in the context of Sadhana Bhakti, that's glorious. Mahaprabhu is garlanding your effort. Mahaprabhu is ornamenting you because you are about to engage in such a heroic and glorious task. So we are to remember that, especially in those moments when we feel too dusty if you will. No. <laughs> to be a dust means to be dusty. No. <laughs> but it's in the context of dust. Dust no? Becoming servants. Mm -hmm. So in this way, Mahaprabhu gave to each of them, as after properly honoring them, again, you are about to engage in something glorious, now you have your broom. Mm -hmm. no? Broom, broom. No? It's like another way of saying, okay, you have your broom, no? one broom here, <laughs> one broom there. No? You have to bear in mind all the parallel in our lives as sadhakas. This is our broom. My Guru Maharaj will give the nice analogy of Sri Harinam. This is very nice. Sri Harinam as a broom, basically. Or as a broom seller. Seller, you say? He, he gives this analogy. You know, we are, as conditioned, as Bada Jivas, as conditioned souls, we are so much affected and afflicted by unlimited desires unlimited desire, too many of them, too many to count, too embarrassing to count. 
And all of these desires are like pulling our attention, come here, buy their like neon lights, no? come here, buy their, enter here, buy me, eat me, have me, enjoy me. No? I'm, I'm putting some Hollywood imaginary here, but it's like that. So they are all like great corporations. No? Sometimes we speak about the corporations and they are controlling the world. But the corporations are in, in our own mind, actually, in the form of these thick desires. They are like thick corporations. <laughs> no? And suddenly, in the midst of all these giant corporations that seem like impossible to surpass, Sri Harinam comes to our life and, and presents itself as a broom seller. <laughs> And, and opens a little humble shop <laughs> in the midst of these huge neon lights and corporate. Like if you're in the Fifth Avenue in New York and, and you want to make competition to all these big <laughs> shops, just like selling some brooms. No? But of course, there are not ordinary brooms, but they are magical, mm-hmm. magical brooms. So you say, just test it. You don't have to pay. Just test the broom. And if it works... <clears throat> You can take the product, no problem. Hmm? So, so the da- oh, something is happening. It's magical. The broom is magical. It's working. <laughs> so suddenly, uh, uh, gradually, not suddenly, gradually, <laughs> suddenly, gradually, <laughs> all these big corporations will start to close one after the other. Huh? And this small, humble cottage of room selling will triumph at the end, conquer all of our multinational enterprises there in the form of <laughs> unlimited desire, and all of them will align and take shelter in the desire to serve Krishna. So that's Sri, Sri Harinam, like a magical broom, basically, Bangi. In India they call the, the, the how do you say, the, the ones who use the broom, sweepers. sweepers. Sweeper in India, there is a whole like label category of people working working class that is are the sweepers. You can imagine they are not the most privileged class in the country. <laughs> if you say, "What do you do?" I'm a sweeper. Okay, no, it's not like wow, <laughs> but Krishna is coming as a sweeper in the form of Sri Nam to our lives. It's Bangi. We don't have Bangi Bihari. We have Bangi Bangi Bihari here. No. <laughs> one who performs his vilas, his bihari, his play in the form of a bangi, gradually clean our hearts. So all this indicated today's uh, Gundicha Marjan Lila. So it is said that Mahaprabhu was with his whole army of devotees, filled with brooms and all this cleaning for Afernalia, and they entered the Gundicha, Gundicha temple, which, as we will speak, this Gundicha temple represents Brindavan according to Mahaprabhu's vision. So, of course, Brindavan doesn't need to be cleansed, in one sense, but the heart needs to be cleansed in order for Brindavan to manifest there. That, that's the idea of the cleaning of Gundicha Temple. So, it is said that Mahaprabhu himself started to clean the whole, with, along with his devotees, but he went directly to the Simhasana, or the royal throne, where Jagannath is being seated, and he himself, with his own hands, started to clean the, tr- the throne there mm-hmm. and all his other associates were cleaning all the different parts of the temple different rooms I mean Jagannath 
temple as we spoke today we are not allowed to enter <laughs> but we know it's a big place it's not just one room it's a whole compound so just to give you an idea it has the biggest kitchen of the whole world in, in connection to a temple the biggest temple kitchen of the whole world so just a kitchen the biggest in the whole world, which is big. I mean, the temple. I mean, <laughs> and all the other rooms. Huh? So, so it is said that Mahaprabhu started to cling, and to cling full of joy, full of happiness. Again, another important point. We are cleaning, we are taking the dust with full happiness. Because we are aware, this is so glorious. After so many lifetimes, I having the chance of really acknowledge what's going on and what should I be doing, and I'm receiving all the proper tools to do that, what more can I ask? I mean, if I just in the midst of all that, I just get discouraged because there's still some dust. I mean, you have to see the, all the other part of the scale. No? Not just, oh, I'm so sad because there's still too much dust. But you have acknowledged there is dust. You are starting the campaign, cleaning campaign. <laughs> and you are receiving all the necessary cleaning items for doing so. Mahaprabhu has garlanded you yourself. I mean, please do not cry. I mean, cry of joy <laughs> that you can do that. Mahaprabhu was doing that, as we will see. He was crying while cleaning. Sometimes he will clean the surfaces with his own tears. Now the water from his eyes will fall, and he will use those tears to clean. So that's another important like archetype, if you will, or symbology there. Like when we practice in sadhana and we exhibit proper, let's say. To begin with repentance, as Mahaprabhu does in the second verse of Sikshastaka, he's saying what? Hmm? Of course, he begins saying other things, glorifying. Oh, Bhagavan, your, your grace is, your dispensation is such that in your names, I mean, you have put no limits. All variety of names, all shakti in those names, no hard and fast rule for chanting those names. I mean, it's embarrassing, really, to, to see how easy you are making everything. I mean, you are giving the highest thing to the lower person in the easiest possible way. But my lack of fortune is such that I don't have a speck of attraction for your holy name. So, if that's happening, we should then follow Mahaprabhu. I mean, Mahaprabhu is speaking for us. If you, if you see Mahaprabhu's life, and he said, I don't have attraction for the name. I mean, if he doesn't have attraction for the name, <laughs> nobody has attraction for the name. So, he was a personification of attraction for the name. But he's speaking, representing the struggling, messy sadhaka <laughs> on the stage, progressive stage towards nishta. This verse represents bhajana kriya nartani vritti. All these ups and downs and the cleaning of the heart and still I don't have the attraction and I repent in a healthy way, in a humble way. Because I realize how, much, how generous is the gift that is coming. I acknowledge that and I contrast that with my lack of attraction for that. And I do not go neurotic, and do not, do not get depressed, but I feel repentant, because this is such a great thing. I understand, I know that by proportionally to that, my lack of attraction is such that I feel embarrassed. And hopefully, maybe I will cry 
in that context. And those tears hmm, will clean my heart, as Mahaprabhu is showing here. He's cleaning Gundicha with his own tears. He's cleaning the heart with tears. That, this is the idea. No, the heart has to be cleansed. How? Tears. And this is not a forced thing. It's not to just go to some drama school and learn to cry. No? Even the tears may not come externally, but internally. In some healthy, healthy repentance, healthy longing, different stages will be a particular type of tear for every stage. That's what Mahaprabhu shows in Sikshastakam. You can say each verse of Sikshastakam is a successive higher tear, <laughs> a successive form of crying that Mahaprabhu is showing. And eventually he's crying cascades and torrential rain of separation from Krishna. But it all begins but some type of crying, like Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta said. No? He was speaking so much. This is all about crying. Mahaprabhu should And someone asked him, but what if I cannot cry? So then he said, then you have to cry because you cannot cry. <laughs> That's the spirit of this second verse. Again, not in a neurotic way, but in understanding in a normal way. I mean, there's something to be experienced here. So in this way, Mahaprabhu started with his associates, the cleaning, and all of them were singing Harinam at the same time. And they were not only joyful, but they were chanting. So that shows this parallel. Chanting in the very beginning has to do with Chetu Darpana Marjanam, cleaning the heart. Or more specifically, and please don't be scared, <laughs> Chetu Darpana Marjanam cleans, means cleaning the mirror, mar, uh, Darpana, of Chitta. What's Chitta? Sometimes it's translated as consciousness, sometimes it's translated as mind, but technically speaking, Chitta, we have of course manas, buddhi, ahankar. But there is a fourth element of our uh, subtle body, linga, sharira, called chitta. So chitta, in, in, in modern contemporary psychological terms, could be translated as our unconscious. Unconscious, right? That's a word? Okay. So unconscious, you can imagine, means in this case, for us, that place with all our scars are being stored. We were speaking about this in North Carolina some weeks ago, given the, the, the analogy of the shed. So the shed, that part, how do you translate to help them? What's the idea of some other word? Shed like the building? Yeah, like when you have in your house a shed and you put all the stuff in the there. garden, you have a oh, little, little. I like to lock it in the building. closet sometimes. Yeah. Like that place in your house where you put all the stuff that you don't know where to put. <laughs> a shed. It's a shed. You put there. The, what do I do with the? Put that in the shed. Okay, but at some point, I mean, okay, the idea is clear. Yeah. So the point is. At one point, you have thrown so many things there, you became accustomed to do that, that the shed starts to have a life of its own, basically. <laughs> I just start to hear voices coming from there, and say, what's going on there? I'm scared to enter there. I don't know what will happen there. So that's our sub-unconscious, basically. No? Those things that, that do not fit with our present comfort zone, even unconsciously, we, we send them to that area. So they become like, condensed there, thickened there. And they become our subconscious that even though we're not informed directly about them, 
that section is informing whatever we are doing. I mean, that's in the background of all our actions, even though we may not be aware of that. So, the beginning of the practice and the chanting, as Mahaprabhu is showing, hopefully with a big smile, has to do with embrace your unconscious. Subconscious. Or subconscious. Okay, thank you. Subconscious. Which may sound complex, and it may sound, again, scary, because subconscious has to do with something unknown, most probably. And it's totally out of our comfort zone. And generally, whatever is outside of our comfort zone is scary. We generally are afraid of those things that we do not know. And, and being practicing spiritual life means the opposite of that. To become courageous and brave. Not to become fearful, but to become fearless. Abhai. Like Prahlad Maharaj. Abhai. He was no fear whatsoever. So that's an important point no? regarding the chanting. Chanting will somehow or other clean the dust of the chitta, which means some of the elements from the subconscious may be cleansed and may start to appear in the conscious platform. And we should know what to do with that. Not to over-identify with that, thinking I am that, but also not trying to look towards another direction and run quickly to the comfort zone. Ah, comfort zone. Uh, this is my well known area. I know everything here, it's everything nice for me, I feel so safe. <laughs> but the sages say, no, no, that's the, that's the most dangerous area. You have to get out from there. Hmm? Comfort zone is not so comfortable after all. Hmm? So, it's important gradually to understand, I shouldn't be afraid of the unknown. And we are, uh, there are two directions that the unknown may be there. We spoke the other day also. One is, I do not know what's going on in my subconscious shed, <laughs> and that's scary. But also, because we see that that's like dark, it's like my shadow in Jungian terms. But we need to integrate our shadow, basically, with our present project of identity. And interestingly, another direction that I'm not aware of, and it's scary, it's about my brightest potential. We generally are not aware about all that that we can be. And it's unknown. So only because it is unknown, it's scary maybe. <laughs> because generally we are fearful about whatever is unknown to us. Whether it be our darkest shadow or our brightest potential. And that's why sometimes the great saintly people come to our life and try to show us our brightest potential. And we may feel like intimidated. Because it's, it's new. It's unknown. Where do you want to take me? <laughs> and that's why we need to develop some firm faith in Sri Guru and the Sadhus because they will take us our hands and say, okay, come, 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 come. And now we all jump here. <laughs> no? We'll make a quantum leap here. No, I just say, no, no, no. I mean, I never did that. And I look and I'm, oh, no. <laughs> it's too, too much hiked. I never did that. I'm not sure what will happen below that. And he she will say, no, but it's okay. I mean, there's someone else waiting for us there and we will receive us. <laughs> As you hear some boy saying, I'm here, jump, jump. And, and, and you are, no, 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 no. no, no. I, I, I do not trust you. You jump first. <laughs> huh? And Sri Guru will say, okay, what to do? Part of the business of being a guru is just to do all the things. No? <laughs> and then you will believe me. Hopefully. <laughs> so he jumps. And after a while he returns. 
Here I am. <laughs> now, your turn. <laughs> still, no? still, calculation is there. Even though we have the proof here, no? the person jumped, said, I'm alive and well, it's great downstairs there, come with me. Still, there is something in us, again, subconscious, uh, a force that is stronger than what we can calculate that is pulling us back, like, no, 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 no. Because it's a no. I don't, I don't have enough faith, basically. And again, I'm not demonizing that situation, but just in a tragicomical way, I'm describing that to understand at one point we should mature our faith to the point of, I have to do it. And maybe in the beginning, still I will be sweating. And, 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 and he will, Sugar will say, jump together, the two of us. I cannot do it alone. He'll, okay. So now we saw him her jumping now we are have a little a little more <laughs> courage so we do it and meanwhile we are screaming and crying <laughs> <laughs> trembling and, but eventually we realize oh this is much better here <laughs> oh so now for the second time of course you are much more prepared <laughs> and you will say to him let's go a second time <laughs> whatever no? But he eventually said, no, no, not the second time there. I have a new one here now. <laughs> and you say, oh, this is deeper. <laughs> oh, so it's, this never stops. That's the point. But with your first jump, you start to believe, okay, this guy is not cheating me, basically. No? I mean, and, and, and gradually, our faith gr- grows stronger and stronger. So I may, I'm trying to make some user-friendly parallel of all this Gondicha temple for us to understand. It's not just about taking the broom and cleaning externally the temple, which is also important and nice that you are cleaning here as well, but there should be like this parallel hmm, meditation. Hmm. So again, Mahaprabhu is described as cleaning along with his devotees, and all of them were beautifully dusty, hmm, which may sound like an oxymoron, like a contradiction, like if you are dusty, you are not supposed to be beautiful, according to modern aesthetic considerations. <laughs> but in this particular context, the dustier you are, that dust is coming out of a glorious engagement. So the beautiful, the more beautiful you are. So for us, the more sincerely we are trying to clean our heart, no matter how embarrassing that may be, a real sadhu will say, oh, that's so beautiful. Even though we ourselves may still be carrying some level of guilt and shame and all this type of weird stuff, basically, <laughs> the cell will see that engagement and, and, and may shed a tear of his heart being moved, her heart being moved. Oh, such a glorious thing. That dust is so beautiful. Maybe I think of oh, this dust is so embarrassing. But no, the dust is, is coming out. So that's a great, it's heroic task. Sweetie so said that Mahaprabhu make a big pile of straw and dust, like bigger than anyone else. Like teaching by example, basically, as an Acharya. You know? He's not asking the rest, you clean your heart. And, and he's just like doing nothing. You know? But Acharyas, we know, is someone who teaches by example. Precept is there, but example is mostly there. So Mahaprabhu was totally like that as we spoke these days. He converted many just by being silent, joking with Katavata, or himself taking the broom and doing it better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. 
this is an important point. If you ask someone to do a service, <laughs> you should give the example. And not only that, you should be willing, in case you cannot do it, someone has to do it. <laughs> and I ask Uta, for example, Uta, please, can you, whatever, cook lunch? If I am asking him to do something, and for any reason he says no, good reason, bad reason, no matter, I have to be willing to do that myself. It's not a, can you do it? No. And I, I don't want to do, to do it either. No, no. It's like if I'm asking others to do something, it's not because I'm not willing to do that. It's because I have something else to do. <laughs> but if I don't have anything else to do, you will be joining like Mahaprabhu. Let's do it together, basically. And he's leading hmm? the cleaningness. Hmm? So it is said that all of the devotees source were cleaning and making this paths. Mahaprabhu said, now take all this dust and straw out of the temple. Again, the symbol here is make sure that all the things that are... Because you can be passing, sweeping, but the dust may go and, and may return with the wind or something. No. So make sure that this is really out of the whole stage. Uh, not, do not just like clean and put it here and eventually will enter again. But make sure that these things, unwanted habits, misplaced values, may be gone forever from our heart. Hmm? gradually more and more and more hmm? so eventually all the dust and straw was taken out and you may think okay Gundicha Marjan Lila is over Mahaprabhu said no <laughs> this is just the beginning now we will clean again but now we will do a much more comprehensive cleaning this was the first cleaning. Now it comes another level, no? deeper cleaning. With the same tools, everything, but to take even the last speck of dust out. Like in plane again, we may clean our heart in a generic way, generic level. Or, or we may start the practice and, and, and have so much like gross dust there. And the very first sweeping quickly, naturally, we'll take out certain dust and we'll go, oh, great. Now, 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 I'm done. I'm pure. I'm transcendental. And I'm almost there. As I say, they are the joke. I'm almost hearing the flute. Almost there, almost there. Golok bring down there, I'm going. Wait for me for a minute. <laughs> Mahaprabhu will say, take the broom again, please. <laughs> Stop speaking so much and take the room. <laughs> you take the room again and gradually you will start to close your mouth <laughs> and realize, oh my God. <laughs> it seems something, but still I have to go deeper and deeper. The very fact that I was like saying so loudly, I'm already done, was another form of dust. <laughs> it was not a real higher insight. It was a form of so-called quote-unquote, spiritual pride, if you will. Utsa Amai, what different Chakravartakur say. You come to the first day, you do something, and you understand some little first lesson, you go to the mathematical mathematics lesson, one plus one, two. And you feel, wow, great, I'm ready for math. I know what it is about. And, and, and someone who is a math professor says, that's nothing. I mean, that's something... But it's 0.00001% of what math is about. We have to begin somewhere, but do not think you are ready for a PhD or something. 
come to the second lesson, and in the second lesson you will start to get, in a healthy way, discouraged. No? <laughs> you will understand, oh, I do not understand this. This is difficult. Oh, what to, it's, actually you start to realize the dimension of the whole learning that you have in front of you. So if that happens with math, what to speak with spiritual math, if you will, which is much way <laughs> deeper. So then Mahaprabhu is inviting all the devotees, let's clean the whole temple again. In one way, Mahaprabhu is act, acting as the guru here, again, taking us of the, out of the comfort zone. Maybe the disciple with the guru may think, okay, now Guru Dev, I'm following your instructions, I'm doing what you asked me, so there's nothing else like I have to do, you, you don't have to tell me anything, it's, I'm okay, I'm doing fine. And the guru will say, no, 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 no. Come, come. And you come and he will like, start to help, pinch you in a healthy way. Like, a little bit more, here, here, clean here, look. And you're like, oh, but I don't know what to do. So Mahaprabhu is saying this, again, let's clean again. And you say, yeah, I already cleaned, Guru Maharaj. Again, there's more. So Mahaprabhu did that and all the devotees, of course, were doing that. They were taking the most refined particles of dust. Like someone would say, you are, I mean, you are like paranoid with cleanliness. I mean, this is an obsession, state, dysfunctional thing, but it's in the context of cleaning our hearts. So when you have a taste for purity, if you're purifying your heart, I mean, you are doing that out of taste eventually. It's not only like, oh, I have to take out this dust, but it's so, to begin with, relieving. You, know, you feel the, the, the freedom of being closer to, closer and closer to real purity in bhakti, basically. Hmm? And it said that Mahaprabhu was so happy by seeing this engagement, seeing how much the temple was being cleansed and cleansed and further cleansed. Cleansed? Okay. Remember, all this has to do with the parallel. Oh, Guru seeing his disciple getting closer and closer to the goal, getting his mind and heart closer and closer to Vrindavan. So that, that's the highest thing that will please... Sri Guru, no? you can give to the Guru so many things and construct a temple and give donations and do stuff outside and be multitasking disciple. But at the end of the day, what the thing that will most please your Guru, that you become a pure devotee, basically. I remember once one devotee asked that to his Guru, Guru, was, which service can I do that will please you the most? And he said, please become a pure devotee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the devotee was like, okay. <laughs> Last time I will ask this to my guru. <laughs> because you already received the, the answer for the rest of, of your life, basically. But that's the point. If you want to please your guru, means get there. Get there where he, she is. And serving in that platform. So then after this second stage of cleaning with broom, Mahaprabhu said, now water. Because it's not only sweeping. Now comes the water part clean with water on another level again things that won't be taken out with without water so all the assistants come with different how do you say like pots pots or jars with water one after the other one after the other and Mahaprabhu was the first one again he was always teaching by example he was not telling anyone you do it I look he was doing that he was doing that he went and cleansed the, the Simhasana, the throne of Jagannath. They were starting to throw water on the, not only on the floor, but on the walls, on the roof, 
No, everywhere. Again, everything has to be properly clean. Every corner of the heart, that's the idea. It's not, no, I, only, I cleanse the, the floor. Hey, what about the walls? What about the ceiling? <laughs> everything has to be. Remember, this is Vrindavan. Vrindavan means that topmost purity, topmost dedication. Even though it's external, it seems like an uncivilized village <laughs> with people ignorant of the Vedas and even having extramarital affairs and things like this. It seems so impure, basically. But Mahaprabhu is shown with this also the purity of Vrindavan, the standing of Vrindavan, even above by Kunta. That is considered like, okay, this is overtly transcendental. Vrindavan, again, doesn't seem that transcendental. seems like similar to here. So let's say Maharaj calls this Aprakrita. Vrindavan, Vaikuntha is a dokshaya. A dokshaya means something that explicitly is transcendental. You, you realize here I'm in another dimension. People have two extra arms. <laughs> and so many extraordinary things are going on. I mean, where I am? You are in Vaikuntha. But you go to Vrindavan and they tell you this is a higher place and you land there and you realize but this seems like planet Earth. And they will, the, the sad will tell you look closely, look closer, pay more attention and you realize oh my God, this is more transcendental than Vaikuntha. It's called a Prakrita which means since Prakrita, since mundane, Prakrita means mundane but it's a Prakrita which means not only not mundane, but super transcendental, even above Vaikuntha. So it's like, wow. This is Vrindavan. So Mahaprabhu is wanting also to make this point with this emphasis of the level of cleanliness corresponding to Gundicha or, or, or Vrindavan. Hmm? <clears throat> so again, all of the devotees were cleaning with Mahaprabhu, following him, following his example in water. Meanwhile, Mahaprabhu was absorbed cleaning the temple of Jagannath. Remember, Mahaprabhu is in Adabhav and cleaning the, the seat place of her Prananath in the mood of Radha. So she's, he's absorbing, cleaning the, the seat of Jagannath. And, and some other devotees take the opportunity seeing Mahaprabhu in trance and they bring some jars of water and not only clean the temple, but they start to throw water on the feet of Mahaprabhu. <laughs> and that water is falling on the platform and all the devotees are like receiving that, honoring that. Charanamrita, basically the, the nectar of the feet, Sri Chaitanya there. And then Chaitanya, Charitamrita further emphasized this point by saying, finally at the end, when all the temple was crystal clear, basically, they say, the mind of the devotees were as clean as the rooms in the Jagannath. So clearly again make this parallel, like representing, okay, the cleanliness of the temple, the cleanliness of the chitta of the mind of the heart, chitta dharpana marjanam. Hmm? Another important feature that is mentioned here and we should not overlook is that meanwhile, this, still the cleaning was going on and the devotees were bringing these jars of water in ecstasy and singing and sometimes due to the ecstasy, the, 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 the jars were made of, how do you say, like clay. So they will like crash along with others, and the water was like splash. So another reason for continue cleaning and picking the pieces of the jars and bringing more water. But they say that all of them were absorbed in sang in singing Harinam Mahamantra. All of them, Mahamantra, Mahaprabhu, all the devotees, 
and for whatever they needed, they will only say, Someone needed a jar, someone needed water, someone needed an extra broom. They didn't say, do you have an extra broom? <laughs> well, of course they didn't speak in English to begin with. <laughs> but whatever they needed, they say, and everyone will understood a broom. Krishna, Krishna, oh, water. Oh, they were so much fine-tuned with each other, so much aligned in service disposition, that the only thing they needed to say was, it's like the ultimate, most con- condensed form of communication, where nothing else needs to be said, basically. That's, that's ideal kirtan, where all of us are connected in unison, unison, with this common ideal and sound, and we feel we don't need to say anything else at this moment. I mean, there's nothing else to be... I mean, everything we need to express is is inside these this, this syllables, these words. Bhagavan. <laughs> so that is also, again, showing how we should conduct ourselves in our Bhajana Kriya and Anarthani Vritti. We are practicing, we clean our hearts, and Mahamantra, Sri Harinam, has to be there. Of course, in, in practical terms, we may need to say, I need a broom, or the dinner is burning, please, Omkar, go run in there, or whatever. <laughs> if you say just Hari Krishna, maybe still we are not in that level. <laughs> so we, we, we should not imitate, but we should grasp the, the essence of the, the idea here. We should try to get closer to that idea where we don't feel the need to speak so many other things, but we will just spend our time speaking Harikata, Hari Kirtan, and and there is no more need for gossiping, for example. There is no need to speak about, oh, this is do- he's doing that, he's that, he's that. No more need. It, is, it makes no sense whatsoever. That disappeared for the map, from the map, totally. That's what Mahaprabhu said to Raghunadas Goswami, Gramya Katana Sunibe, Gramya Bhartana Kajibe. Do not speak gossip. Do not hear gossip. And always chant Harina. Always, of course, in which spirit? If you chant Harinam in that spirit, there is no place for gossip, basically. And you and you will receive this strong realization. I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever to speak this type of stuff. I only want to absorb myself in Harikata and Harikirtan. So this, of course, we are seeing this example from the eternal associates of Mahaprabhu. And finally, also it is mentioned that when Mahaprabhu was seeing if some of his associates were uh, not doing the job properly, if you will, Mahaprabhu will come and lovingly chastise the devotee. But lovingly, like a guru with the disciple. If you are doing it wrong, there will be some correction there. But correction in the spirit of, I want you to, to upgrade yourself. I want to make you better. And for this, I need to point you. This is not ideal. Try to do it like this. So again, the role of the guru, the role of the sadhu, and the role of the disciple, as we said the other day, because you can have the, the greatest guru, but if, if the disciple is not there, if the disciple's spirit is not there, you are not allowing the, the guru side to act on your life. You can have the greatest guru, but if you are not a disciple, he cannot be a guru in, with you. <laughs> so disciple means I'm ready to enter reformation, basically. Again, in a healthy way. I'm not saying a traumatic way. 
But I should be willing to reform myself. I mean, I came to the feet of the Guru because I had concluded I need help, basically. And I cannot do it by myself. So I need to change. I'm not so sure what to change, what not to change. I need some extra information, some higher glance to guide me in all this. And I'm willing to trust, as we mentioned before. The Guru will say, jump here. Let's jump together. You need to do this. I I need to open myself for all these type of things. So Mahaprabhu was very very lovingly. So this sets the the example. The Guru is not just to chastise everyone out of whatever, repressed anger and, and, (laughs) and just channel with his disciples and traumatize all of them or stuff like that. It's not an, an abusive issue. But it's a loving issue. If someone really loves you, I mean, the person who loves you the most are the person who will speak strongly to you than nobody else. I can tell you by experience. <laughs> no. I, I, the, the closest persons, some of the closest persons in my life, I mean, they are the ones that have spoke to me like really strongly have told me all those things that maybe nobody else will even think about. But it was done in the spirit of affection. So even though it sounded like a thunderbolt, <laughs> it was a sweet thunderbolt, if you will. I, was, I, I could understand. There is well-wishing, good intention, concern. Now, there was commitment, as we always speak, because if you want to give some constructive criticism to others... You have to follow certain rules, as we always say. Constructive criticism is not just, oh, you're doing this wrong. Good luck. No, <laughs> no, no. First of all, you have to realize, if I'm for constructive criticism not to be gossip, again, we are following this idea. First of all, I have to make sure whatever I'm seeing in Jashoda, let's use here an example with your permission. Uh, I won't tell something. First, I have to see... Is this really in Jashoda or is it actually myself? Am I projecting my own prejudice on her? Because that can happen. No. You have this, and actually it's me having that. And like if I have a red lens and say, you are red. <laughs> I know, I have this red lens and I see everyone red. So, first of all, to make sure it's not the other person. I mean, it's not me, sorry. It's, it's really in the other person. Second... Okay, it's in the other person, but why you are allowing yourself to see something in the other person? You have a, a well-wishing intention for that? You want the best for that person, and that's why you allow yourself to see that? Because if that's not your intention, you shouldn't be see, looking in that direction. If I see something you have to change, not with love and affection, I mean, what's that? That's not constructive, that's destructive. So all this has to do with ourselves doing deep introspection. And finally, let's say what I'm seeing is in the other person, and I say, I have good intention. <laughs> okay, but there's one more thing, if you will, to summarize. It's after I tell you, I don't know, just show that, of course, I'm using her as an example. I do not know her yet in detail as to take that bold statement. I can take someone I know a little bit more and really know. Shyamananda. <laughs> <laughs> I know this fellow for more than 15 years, so I, I have more right to to shower him with some, hopefully, constructive criticism. <laughs> so my point is, even if something is real, there, I say, Semenanda, I think you should modify this. I'm telling you with my 
deepest well-wishing. But immediately by allowing myself to open my mouth and allow that sound to go out from my mouth, I'm committing myself and I'm saying to him, and I will be there next to you to help you to change that. You are not alone in that. I'm, I'm commit myself to accompany you in the process of changing whatever I, I'm telling you you have to change. Because if not, I tell you, you have to change this. And again, good luck. <laughs> and I leave. And I leave you with the... That may be overwhelming. But if I tell you, no, this has to be changed, really, I say with the best intention, and you can count of me hmm, to go through the... I mean, you have to change it yourself. I cannot do it for you. But I can be next to you, and I have gone through that. I can share my experience, and we can... So that gives more courage to do it. No? So that's really constructive criticism, basically. So Mahaprabhu, in this spirit, was correcting some of them. No? You do it like this, and he was saying, some others were doing it nicely, so he will say to them, you are doing it nicely. You help him to do that properly. So he was committing the two parties. The one who is doing nicely, he didn't just say, oh, you are so incredible, incredible. No, no. You commit yourself to help the one who is not doing so nicely. It's not that you just can like, oh, I'm so glorious, I'm doing so nicely, Mahaprabhu told me so many flowery words. No, he's telling you, you're doing so nicely. Nice. Immediately commit yourself to help those who are not doing that so nicely. You follow? So that's a healthy spirit also in, in, in among the sadhus. No? There will be more uh, novice, novice, sadhus, practitioners, and more advanced ones. So, and the guru will orchestrate ideally how they should deal among themselves. Mm-hmm. So the newer ones, of course, will be doing things not so expertly. I mean, it's not their fault or bad intention. It's just they are, they are in kindergarten yet. <laughs> no? They are babies. They're just screaming and doing mess. No? We have a kindergarten here next. <laughs> no? And they are just next to the office I'm staying here. So I'm constantly reminded of this point. They are like... <laughs> That's some boys that make some unique noises. <laughs> As, but uh, the point is, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's their stage. They can do that. No? It's unbecoming when you are an adult and you are doing those same stuff. And sometimes it happens. So, so that's a healthy environment uh, uh, among God brothers, God sisters. No, the, the more mature ones are taking care of the other ones, are teaching them by example, with compassion, with. Con- and the other ones are letting themselves being helped, and this healthy interaction is there. Hmm? The gurus looking that, and so on. Hmm? So Mahaprabhu is giving this example in the Gundicha margin. Uh, and finally, well, basically this is the end of the description. It's quite detailed, I'm just summarizing. And again, Krishna Daska, Goswami will say the same thing. No, The temple was so clean, and this can be paralleled and compared with how clean was the mind of the devotees there. Hmm? So this Gundicha Marjan Lila for us is very important to the point of being highlighted as a unique festival for this day that generally is celebrated by Gaudiya Vaishnavs, which represent this, again, Anarthani Vritti. I mean, it's by Anakriya. Anarthani Vritti means what? Doing away with false values. But how do you do away with false values? By engaging in Bhajana Kriya and devotional activities. So an Arthanibriti is the byproduct of Bhajana Kriya, but also an Arthanibriti has to do with engaging in Bhajana Kriya 
being uh, with the awareness that I need to clean my heart. Because you can engage in bhajana kriya, chanting and so on, without feeling the necessity of cleaning my heart. But for most of the devotees, this should be like almost like 99% focus when practicing and chanting, cleaning my heart. Eventually some other ideals will come regarding chanting, more deeper and deeper, but first there should be some commitment with this idea of hmm? again, embracing our subconscious. Hmm? <laughs> and this is the first glory of Sri Harinam, again Mahaprabhu is saying. The first verse of Sikshastam, he's extolling seven glories of Sri Harinam. The first is Chetudarpanamarjanam, which as I mentioned, may not sound too glorious for us. <laughs> because embrace your subconscious. Oh, that's a glory? That's glorious? Yes. Mahaprabhu is garlanding you, remember? He's putting sandalwood paste, and you are so beautiful. Garland, sandalwood paste, full of dust, <laughs> especially beautiful. Hmm? And again, this Gundicha, this temple of Gundicha represents Vrindavan. So if we want to make our hearts Vrindavan, because Vrindavan, as Shilasya Maharaj will say, is a state of consciousness. No? You can take the plane and be there, but if your mind is somewhere else, you are whatever your mind is. And that's why Advaita Charya said to Mahaprabhu, more mana Vrindavan. Your mind is Vrindavan. That's why also Jiva Goswami clarifies when Rupa Goswami says, Matura Vas, one of the five items, main items of bhakti, Panchanga Bhakti, is to reside in Mathura, which is another way of saying reside in Braj. And Jiva Goswami clarifies, if for some reason you cannot be there physically, then you should reside mentally. And of course the implication is, if you can reside there physically, also you should reside there mentally. He's not saying, if you cannot reside physically, well, do mentally somewhere else. But if you can reside physically, you don't need to reside mentally. You can just be physically. Jiva Goswami is not saying that. No. He's saying if you can be there physically, that may, that may help you to reside there mentally. But maybe f- residing in the dam physically for whatever reason is not helping to reside mentally there, then better take your body out of the dam <laughs> and take your mind in. <laughs> It's better to be in the dam mentally while physically outside than to be in the dam physically inside while mentally somewhere else. Well, if you can be the two there inside, okay, no problem, but each case is different. Hmm? So the idea is this, Brindavan, we have to be, make our minds Brindavan, our hearts Brindavan, our Gundicha represents this. And for, for creating that, cleaning has to be done in this context, engaging in bhajan, joyful, absorbing Sri Harinam under good association, under the shelter of Sri Guru. All these items are illustrated in this hmm? uh, in this pastime. So how, and this is what will attract Krishna to go there. As in the Rathiyatra tomorrow we'll see Krishna is being drawn to Gundicha from, from Sri Jagannath Mandir by the strength of, of the law present there. There means in Vrindavan. So he's taken in that direction. So the more we clean our hearts. Sadhana Bhakti has a lot to do with that. Kriti Sadhya Bhavisa Adhya Bhava Sadhana Abhida Nitya Siddhasya Bhavasya Prakatyam Hridisadhyata Sadhana Bhakti means engaging all of our senses, trying to give pleasure to the Lord of the senses, Hrishikesh. Hrishikena Hrishikesh Hrishikena Hrishikesh Sadhana Bhakti means 
I prepare the stage for Bhava Bhakti to descend. This Goswami says, Sadhana Bhakti is not producing Bhava Bhakti. Bhava Bhakti is an eternal, existing, perfected reality. Nitya Siddhasya Bhavasya. Nitya Siddha Krishna Priya. And it descends out of its own accord whenever our heart is, the ground is prepared for such a descent by the strength of Sadhana Bhakti. So we are to engage in Sadhana Bhakti in all these stages to prepare the heart for the descent of a particular ray of Bhava. Particular ray of the sun of Prem. So all this Kundicha Marjan Lila has to do with that. And eventually Bhagavan will be attracted along with that Bhava to reside and sit there forever. So that's some, some words regarding Kundicha Marjan Lila. Then just two more things that Krishna Das Kaviras recites, mentions there that after this, Mahaprabhu went to one temple of Nishrinhadev nearby Jagannath Mandir. And they made a terrible kirtan along with his associate that made the, the earth tremble. So you can imagine, that's intense. No? Mother Earth was trembling in ecstasy by receiving the dancing and the jumping, and the contact with Mahaprabhu and his devotees. So the earth herself was exhibiting sattvika babs and trembling. And Mahaprabhu to say that with his own tears in this kirtan, he was washing all the dust that the devotees have accumulated from cleaning Gundicha Marjan. <laughs> no, Mahaprabhu was doing Abhishek to them with his own tears and cleaning them. They were beautiful with dust. They were extra beautiful now with the tears of Mahaprabhu on, on their body. And Mahaprabhu was jumping and dancing in joy, like celebrating this glorious process of cleaning the heart. And then after this, just I want to leave you just right before Rathiyatra, which is tomorrow. <laughs> comes another festival hmm, before Rathiyatra, which is called Nitrotsava. Because remember, in which, sta- in which festival we are now, in which situation is Jagana? Do you remember? Snan Yatra? They are sick. They're sick. Yeah, that was two weeks. I said one week, but I was mistaken. It lasts for two weeks. So that's even more intense. Now, two weeks before Rathiyatra, as, as I mentioned to you, Jagannath is bathed. So that's called Snan Yatra. But they say that after being bathed, Jagannath gets a cold. He gets sick. So he goes inside the temple and he's not given darshan for two weeks. And instead of eating all these royal offerings, he's just taking some herb, tea, and some little soup. Like when you are sick, you you have to take care of yourself. (laughs) So one day before Rathiyatra, Jagannath is given darshan again. And this festival is called Netrotsava. Netrotsava. Utsava means? <laughs> celebration, <laughs> festival. And Netra means? Eye. eye. So Netrotsava means festival for the eyes, which means we can see Jagannath again. So this is just the day before Rathiyatra. So Netrotsava is, is celebrated. So all of the devotees, especially Mahaprabhu, after two weeks of intense separation, is having darshan of Sri Jagannath again. And uh, it is said that next day, I mean tomorrow, Rathiyatra, I mean now Jagannath Netrotsava is receiving normal offerings of food. He's healthy again, strong. He can eat, digest, powerful ghee cooked and fried stuff. <laughs> and it is said that tomorrow on Rathiyatra, all the offerings to Jagannath, standard offerings, which are already a lot, are doubled. Rathiyatra especially. So there's hundreds and hundreds. But he's recovered already, so he can take all of them. 
so that's the that's the end of the chapter and Sri Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami his narration of this Bundicha Marjan Lila he ends up like like sharing a blessing in many of these chapters the, the author is like overwhelmed with ecstasy and he cannot contain but saying and whoever even if you are a great great sinner if you hear this Bundicha Marjan Lila devotion for Krishna will manifest in your heart you know? so he's like sharing a blessing we, on top of all the things that we already received, the authors, the powerful agent like Krishna Daskara saying, whoever hears this narration of Kundicha Marjan, and of course it's hears, really hears, trying to imbibe that, the more you do that, you will be blessed hmm, with further and further bhakti. Hmm. So that's our hope in sharing these words in this section of Harikata, that hopefully we may be blessed to increase our commitment with the bhakti mark this the path of, of, of devotion and trying to continue with full enthusiasm and, and and appreciating the glory and the great fortune we have of being engaged in this uh, divine process of cleaning our heart in the context of preparing it as a proper suit, suited embassy of, of Sri Brajadam so Bhagavan may feel more and more attracted to reside there and enter the cave of our heart forever and ever one day that's our hope so before finishing I don't know if there are any questions related to the topic today what's the reason for Netrotsava if, if why, why show Jagannath before Rathayatra we cannot ask too much why in connection to Jagannath <laughs> as we were speaking today No, he has many unique standards and things related to his worship that I mean I won't go into the details you were not today in the lunch with us yes yeah. we were sharing that in lunch today yeah. okay so I mean he likes that way basically because we may say but in Rath Theatre he will go out and everyone will see that's the question basically yeah well why kind of break that that like uh, anticipation or that separation be just one day before Mm-hmm. That I mean, we, there may be some answer to that. Where while there may not may not be, I mean, we can ask to the local residents of Jagannath Puri. I I, I wouldn't like to speculate on that, but I suppose that maybe the reason is Jagannath likes that way. <laughs> but you need to eat before the travel. Sorry. You need to eat before traveling. That's yes. also a good one. Yeah, well, I, I was thinking about that because you see, at they give double quantity, so he needs at least one day for normal quantity to be gradually. Because again, this is the, the psychology, human-like psychology. Okay, he's he has been sick. When you are sick for two weeks, only taking tea, herbal tea. I mean, you you won't have like a big thing the next day. Jagannath is having, but the next day we'll have a double one. So we need one day. For that, and also the the Rathiyatra, of course, he's giving darshan in a particular way, but Netrotsab is like another darshan. No? He's in the altar, in the temple. In, in the Rathiyatra, it will be another dynamics, as we will see. No? So, some of those considerations could be there, but we will inquire from some of the of the Dambasis in Jagannathpur. We have some some contacts there, so let's see what, what do they say. We can say that Netrotsab prasad is very delicious. Okay, Udav says that. There's another reason. Another reason, at least for Udav. He found a third reason for himself. <laughs>
can you imagine two weeks, you know, without eating? Uh-huh. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> will really taste that. <laughs> and the devotees also, you know, because they don't yeah, longing. different. You know? Yeah, the longing for to offer yeah. all that they want to offer to him. Something else? Any other question in connection to today's topic? Okay, we'll continue tomorrow morning. We will have another Q&A session in the morning in case there is some other questions you may like to present. So we will finish here today's session. Srila Gurudev Ki Jai, Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, Sri Giriraj Kuvardhan Ki Jai, Sri Jagannath Valadev Subhadri Ki Jai. Shri Gundicha Marjan Leela Ki Jai, Shri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrind Ki Jai, Gaur Praman Ki